Hello, it's Corey Woods, and I'm so excited you made it here, and welcome to episode three. Hi, I want to introduce this episode as a three-part series so that we can talk about the spiritual laws and principles around wealth creation. I wanted to start with sufficiency, and I have a lot of reasons, but mainly because sufficiency brought me closer to God, myself, and my family. And although there isn't an order or a step to this series of spiritual laws around wealth creation, learning sufficiency and applying it in my life allowed me to be unattached to making money, unattached to signing clients, and especially unattached to how the result was created. And even now, right, I feel like God is still trying to teach me to be unattached to the result that I want to create. It is a learning curve for sure. So creating sufficiency in my life helped me to learn to make decisions that I am enough, that I have enough, and enough will always be available to me. So for a long time, my brain did not want to believe that that was true and that that was important. And so, yeah, I have a lot of stories to share with you today about how I came to learn this for myself. But just sufficiency could be a thought process. I like to think of it as an emotion or even an action. There's also a language to the way that we speak of it and the way that we speak of all that we have and also all that we don't have in the moment. And the easiest way I can describe sufficiency is the ability to trust, to let go, and accept all that is. And that is kind of a mouthful. So people will oftentimes create sufficiency through gratitude, but I want you to know that it's more than being grateful for all that you have. Although gratitude is a key component to all of this, it's definitely more than gratitude. Sufficiency is knowing that I have all I have, and all I will ever need at any given moment of my life. And that is always. And I cannot stress enough that the most important part of that sentence is that you will always have enough no matter what. And it's a vibration in your body. And so I want you to encourage you to memorize it and experience it so that you can access it whenever your humanness wants to take charge, whenever your brain wants to step out of your heart. And so when I started my coaching business, this was one of the hardest things for me to learn and continue to embody because, I mean, hello, I have a brain and a body, and my body lived in such a constant state of survival for so many years, I didn't know how to live in the enoughness of where I was at. Like, I literally had arguments, and my brain can be super beastie sometimes, and it was hard to learn to think differently about everything that I had and everything that had happened before. And so, um, and because I'm a human, right, my brain will always continue to keep me alive and offer warnings of possible danger. And I knew this, right? So, but I didn't quite understand it. And when I started my coaching business, that's when it became so clear to me about all that I didn't understand around sufficiency. Okay. But I want to give you a, a brief experience of what what like that whole experience I was having, right? For me to look like and constantly live in survival mode. So before I was a coach, I was a stay-at-home mom for 10 years before I started to decide my, create my business. 
I had five kids in seven years, and for a long time, I was raising them by myself. And that's not to say my husband wasn't involved. We had just very different roles. He provided for us financially and worked for very long hours so that we can have everything that we wanted. He was working 10 to 12 hour days and he traveled most of the month. So with that many little kids, I was sleep deprived, deprived, excuse me. I had postpartum after every kid. I didn't even have family around. We lived in apartments for five years. We traveled around the US with my husband's job. And I love this, but we were cramped. (laughs) Like we lived in very small apartments with a lot of little kids. And if you can imagine living on the second story, the amount of complaints that we would get from neighbors, it just was a thing. Okay. And among all this, like other life stuff happened. So family members and friends had passed away. And I don't say this lightly, but when I refer to it as normal life tragedies, okay, they were hard and they were occurring as well. So aside from my own little experience that I was having within my family, there were a lot of sicknesses and hospital stays, and I'm going to label them as normal because that's just what happens in life, that those things happen to people. And I really worked hard to figure out life. And the whole time I was suffering, I was constantly jumpy and quick tempered and I would very, and I would get startled and it became a joke even amongst my kids, right? Like they, they wanted to scare me all the time and they thought it was so funny and it just wasn't as much as I tried to laugh. Like I could easily go down the rabbit hole of worry. I could easily get set off. I was emotionally, physically, mentally exhausted and I had everything that I wanted and needed. And yet I was miserable I was addicted to caffeine as my drug of choice as well, which still haunts me to this day, by the way. I go back and forth. It's kind of a funny mess, and that's a whole other story. But the caffeine was affecting my body and my mind in ways that I couldn't see for a long time. My marriage was suffering. My relationship with my kids was suffering. I was mad at God. I was just convinced that he ghosted me in the midst of my suffering, and I was so good at surviving I didn't know how to thrive for once, and I didn't actually know what thriving was. Like, it was one of those like floofy, fun terms that I heard people talk about. I just didn't know it for myself because I was just good at surviving and I was happy doing it, right? I mean, and happiness is relative, so to speak, but I always knew that I was fine. Like, I was just always good in my head, even though I was really struggling inside. And I was very depressed and anxious all the time. And sure enough, Lo and behold, I snapped. I just did. I snapped. (laughs) And before I snapped, I just thought survival was life. I thought that's what mothers do. Like I had to sacrifice myself for my family and I wore my survival like a badge of honor. I was a good mom. And I was only a a good mom in my head because I was doing all the things for everyone all the time. You know, blah, blah, blah. That whole story. I'm sure you've heard it, right? And I don't even know where this belief system came from, but it was killing me. I thought I was strong, which of course I was, but strength looks so different to me now. And I thought I was a good person to be doing all that I was doing and which I was, right? I just thought being a good person meant something different. And I was receiving constant praise from people who admired me, which in hindsight totally flamed the fire of shame I was experiencing through all of it. Because inside, I seriously just felt like dying. And so my brain was caught in this flight, fight, or freeze response, or the stress response, right? That's what it's referred to sometimes. 
And it creates it, right? My brain was creating it and it became addicted to their stress, to the stress response I was having. And I then became conditioned to operate in this way. So that's what I'm saying. Like I have a lot of hindsight around this and I didn't know it at the time, but I was just reconditioning myself over and over again because of all the meaning that I was attaching to the way that I was surviving. And so turns out through my whole healing journey, I was able to recognize at some point that I was living in survival mode for most of my life. And so I thought it was normal and I didn't know how to operate in any other way. And so the whole science behind the stress response is going to be for another episode. But going back to the story I was sharing is I was knee deep in survival for over 10 years before even addressing it and unwinding it. Like I knew I was in it. So separate from being in it my entire life, it was very apparent after I had kids, my survival mode instincts and the way that I was reacting. And there was a, I wasn't able to address and unpack belief systems and teach my body that it was safe to process emotions for sure. I just didn't know how. And teaching your body that it's safe to feel emotions is a thing. Like it's seriously a thing. I had no idea how to create emotions intentionally. I thought they happened to me. And I thought they happened because of something outside of me. And so, and that's not true either. No one ever taught me that. I remember (laughs) the first time, like after I got help, after my fifth kid, I hired a boxer, someone to, a boxer trainer, someone to teach me how to box and a therapist. And she told me that my thoughts created my feelings. And I looked at her like she was speaking some foreign language. Like I seriously had no idea that I was in charge of creating emotions. And so when learning to operate without the stress in my life, it turned out that I had no idea how to feel safe just existing in my body and experiencing calmer responses and more grounded emotions. That was hard for me to learn how to do because for a while, my top three emotions every day was anger, frustration, and guilt. So of course I felt felt happy having joy, laughter, and love, but I want to venture out and say that anger, frustration, and guilt, they were just more present and so they became normal. And I can look back and see how I was creating these emotions even when they weren't useful. And that's not a judgment on myself. Like I love myself, I love my experience. But what I want to share with you is that we are all operating on patterns, even myself, even these subconscious patterns of belief systems that we have. And I was operating on patterns and of, and I was addicted to stress and I was addicted to these emotions. And that's really easy for me to say now. It wasn't back then. And so I was just operating from patterns of stress. So there is a difference between the stresses of life and the stresses that you are creating intentionally because of habitual responses. So our habits are created during our stress response, stress responses. Excuse me. I am like having a hard time with words today. So habits are created in stress responses. And so operating for so long in a stressful way, so to speak, it was very uncomfortable for me to not have anger, frustration, or irritability driving my actions every day. Like it was so uncomfortable and it took a long time to really notice and look at, look at it in the way that I was responding in life. It was painful. I didn't want to look at my responses. I just thought like my I justified my responses, right? I'm like, oh yeah, no, this is totally okay. My reaction 
my anger, my frustration, my irritability, and the way that I was treating other people, I justified it because of how I felt. And then I became resistant to all of it and it was causing more pain and more suffering. Man, and when I had to look at the way I was responding, it beat me down, so to speak. And I also beat myself down because I was judging myself so harshly. Like I was so shocked at this point when I snapped and it was particularly hitting my marriage very hard at the time. I was taking a lot of my frustration out on my husband, meaning like in the way that I was blaming him for the suffering I was creating myself. And if there was something wrong with me, trust me when I say I made something wrong about him. It was very hard for me to reflect the mirror back to myself because I just didn't know how to, and nor did I have a safe place to do that because again, I didn't feel safe in my body. And so I can talk about this lightly for now after having passed through some really hard times. So trust me when I say we have worked really hard to keep our marriage together. And so I want to bring this all back to sufficiency, the topic that we are discussing today. And this background was important for me to share um, because if you are experiencing some of these things in the moment, I want you to know that it's okay. And even though it might not feel okay in this very moment, if I can figure it out, you can too. It's part of the wrestle that we have during our lifetime, right? It's part of the wrestle, and I'm going to label it as the struggle that we experience as, as humans to be able to learn to love and accept ourselves and create the experience that we want intentionally. So for me, I never really had to look at creating sufficiency in my life because I always had enough. And I was labeling it as I had enough of everything that I needed, right? Those survival things, your home, your clothing, your food, your shelter. I can never remember a time in which I wasn't being taken care of or provided for. So my husband's business, when like a couple years ago, when it went bankrupt and after he attempted to start a few new businesses, we made the decision that I would start to grow a business and that he would be at the home. He would be the one to stay at home with the kids. And there are 1 million lessons I learned just from this experience alone. It wasn't easy. In fact, I was very bitter because I married him knowing that he, knowing, is that even a word? <laughs> I married him because I knew he would provide for our family financially. I knew that he would allow me to stay home and live the dream that I had of being a stay-at-home mom and raising my kids. And I didn't want to have to think about this ever. Like I was taught my whole life that it was his job to provide for the family, so to speak, financially. And so I wanted to work, I wanted my work to be in the world and to be part-time. And just a little bit of background um, as part of my story, because I, I, this is very important is that I felt God tell me that it was time to start contributing outside of the home. And I was so excited. I just expected it to look differently and I expected it to be part-time. And I and so when I stepped into the full-time financial provider for the family, I was very resistant and I had a lot of like, I guess, healing and grieving to do. And again, that's going to be another uh, episode because I want to be able to speak to women who provide full-time for their homes and for their children. I know that there are a lot of you out there and I hear you and I see you. Okay. So I just had a lot of programming about the man's role versus a woman's role. And God had something different in mind for me. And I have a lot of hindsight to this now that he was preparing me 
way longer than I realized he was preparing me. And so um, I didn't understand like everything that he wanted me to do. But hindsight is a B word, right? <laughs> Have you guys ever heard of that saying before? <laughs> I know I kind of laugh at it. I want to, I want to make sure this is clean, but hindsight is a B word. Hindsight often leads us to believe that if we had known what we now know, that we could have done better or even something different. And that's why it makes me laugh, that whole saying, right? Because maybe I could have controlled the outcome better. And a lot of times when you rely on the hindsight that you now have after having the experience, it will create expectation and resentment and will take you out of the experience of sufficiency, of having enough and trusting the experience and trusting the road that you're on. Hindsight is useful, but when we use it against ourselves, it will cause your imagination to play out like a broken record. It will cause you to feel like you're kind of your own prisoner and you get stuck, right? That's what I think of hindsight when, we, when we're using it against ourselves. And we get stuck in the could have, should have, would have stories that just play over and over and over again and never seem to stop. So my invitation to you is to use your hindsight as a gift and not a curse, so you can hold on to the pearl of wisdom that gained that you have gained from the experience that you have, or you can hold on to the story that keeps you from growing, letting go, and moving on from the experience. That's just a side note, okay? So this is where sufficiency plays such an important part in the process of growth for you. For example, I knew at the time the time would come for me to work outside the home. And when that time came for me to do this, it was easy for me to focus on all the things I should have done earlier to prevent certain events from happening in the way that they did. And that felt really hard. I had to teach my brain that everything happens for a reason and that it happens for my good. That challenge in and of itself was a big learning curve. I had to learn to love all the things that I believed were holding me back from growing a business. I had to look at all the places I was entitled And even now, after learning to love myself through the entitlement that I have as a human being, I still show up very entitled in a lot of ways. So my entitlement came from believing that I needed a quiet house, a supportive spouse. I needed a beautiful office and a clean space. I needed cooperative kids, you know, because working from home, that whole thing presents its own challenge. Like that's how I was entitled when I started to grow my business. Those are all the things that I believed I was entitled to. But really, it was just taking me away from serving other people. And so when you invite sufficiency into your life, it will create a pearl of wisdom as you learn to access the good that comes from any perceived setback or hard time. Sufficiency comes from training your brain that all things are working in your favor. The universe and God is for you. None of it is against you. And whenever your brain offers you that you do not have enough of anything, right? So enough time, enough resources, enough energy, enough money. That is a way that your brain keeps you stuck in the belief pattern that you are not enough. And I will say this time and time again, the brain, the subconscious part of your brain takes everything personal. So when you say you don't have enough time, you are literally agreeing with the subconscious part of your brain that reminds you that you are not enough. It reinforces a pattern of decision-making. You are deciding over and over again that you are not enough when you think that you don't have enough of the things that you need. Okay, rewind that if you need to hear it again. But I have two words for you. Stop it. (laughs) 
It's my favorite. <laughs> okay. I know. Easier said than done, right? But the language you use is an action your brain can witness. So other actions such as blaming other people or things outside of you or criticizing yourself for how your business is growing are just recipes for disaster. And again, even disaster is for your good, so to speak. Okay, Disaster is just a thought process, not actually a truth. But I should say the disaster you create in these experiences will always have a lesson if you're ready and willing to learn. So you are in charge and you get to decide what lessons you're ready to receive. The universe will never stop sending you all that you need to be able to sift through, let go, and heal. So that from that, so that you can create everything that your heart desires. This will require sufficient awareness and require you to stop judging yourself for unintentional ways of being right? That's what this podcast is about. We're always going to be talking about who we are being and not what we're doing. It's always about the being when it comes to creating sufficiency for yourself and the current circumstances that you're in. It's like, how can you love all the things that you currently hate, right? All the things that you currently believe are getting in your way. That is a challenge. And this is where gratitude comes in because gratitude is a bridge that will connect you to the place you want to be. So gratitude and sufficiency have a similar vibration in my body, but yet they are still different and come from different belief systems. Sufficiency, like sufficient, excuse me, sufficient thoughts for me, like they include thoughts like the universe is always working in my favor. I just know that. All things are working for my good. That I now know that I had to train myself to believe, okay? I have everything that I need at every given moment of the day. So side note, the other day as I was processing some heavy emotions and I had a slight breakdown outside of the store, I literally sat down and prayed for a hug. Some random girl came and gave me the longest hug I could not, I could have ever imagined. And what was so beautiful about this experience is that she gave me more than I asked for. And I feel like that's how God works. That's how the universe works is that God will always bless me with more. He will always provide for my needs. And the last one that I had to learn when I stepped into the role of the financial provider for my home is that I even calling myself didn't feel totally true at the time. And I want to, I'm going to tie this to sufficiency because I was calling myself this financial provider, but what it was doing, it was separating me from God, from the universe, and even from my husband. Um, because really what's true is that God provides everything for my needs, period. And I had to teach my brain that that was his job. And my role was just to trust that, right? There are There is a whole army of people on both sides of the veil providing and doing all of the hard work for me. And I trained my brain to look for this. And that is what I now see. And I see good everywhere. And that's not to say I don't complain and often wish things were different, but I don't get stuck in the poor me or why or woe is me mentality or why does this happen to me? Like, I mean, I think sometimes because I'm imperfect, I can't say that I'm like super perfect with that, but I don't get stuck there. And most of it is because I know that who I am is enough. I no longer have to actually intentionally believe that. It's just a knowing that exists inside of me today, forever, today, tomorrow, and forever. And so when my brain wants to argue this, I don't feel any negative emotional charge towards it. That's why I know that it's different because my brain's going to try to warn me of like the lack because that's what it does. It just wants to stay of like alive. 
And so I just notice those cute little thoughts and I, I'm able to move on, right? I, I always notice them. I acknowledge them because my brain is just doing its job. And I've learned to love my brain for doing its job. So I have made everything in my life full of sufficiency, grace, and love, and gratitude. And that's not to say I operate that way all the time, but I'm committed to the being of this work. And so that requires a lot of internal pers- like reflection and perspective. I have to bring a lot of these things to a loving Heavenly Father. I have to let go of a lot of things. I have to practice daily self-forgiveness. That's how I create sufficiency. And that's another spiritual law of creation that we'll talk a lot um, we'll talk about next is the law of forgiveness, right? The whole experience of letting go to make room for something else. And so I constantly like my road to creating sufficiency and just being the queen of it is who I like to refer to myself as like I'm the queen of sufficiency, right? I had to constantly prove this to my brain that enough exists in the moment. And that's one thing that I want to for you to take away from this episode is that enough exists in the present moment. And so for me to actually believe that and become part of my truth, I had to create it in all areas of my life. And I had to start with the areas that were less charged with emotion, as well as all of the areas in my life that seem hard. And for example, um, like just going on a walk outside and a lot of times I'll do walking meditations. I'll look at the trees and the leaves and I'll take time and I'll breathe in the goodness of how perfectly placed the trees and the leaves and the plant, the plants and the flowers were placed for me. That's how I created sufficiency. That's that's how I started, right? I looked at everything that was surrounding me and I made a decision that everything was for my good. I was living right at home with my subconscious beliefs. I had to learn to accept that. So I did that in all areas of my life that seemed hard as well. And that's sufficiency, my friend. It's just trusting, right? It's it's a foundational, it's a grounding, it's a very grounded experience that you have in your body. And when you learn to create it with the things that are less emotionally charged for you, you will be able to create it for the things that feel big, right? That are big, right? The bigger things, right? The, the more emotionally charged things per se. So with that, you are enough, my friend. And are you ready to take the journey to make this true for you? If so, let me know how it goes. That is my challenge to you, for you, is to take this journey of enoughness and create it for yourself. So thank you for joining me and I will see you next week. Have a great day. Hello, and thank you for joining the Wealthy Mindset Podcast. I have a treat for you and I am so excited to share. Lizzie Langston and I are creating a mastermind called Awaken and we want to invite you to come join us. It is an opportunity for you to awaken with us, awaken to your own genius, awaken to your dreams and your desires, awaken your business, awaken to the unseen help around you, to the eternal identity and spirit of your business in this great plan, awaken to your calling and ministry. If you are a life coach and you're ready to get your business up and off the ground and create the foundation of everything that you need to grow and to become a paid life coach, we 
are the coaches for you. To find out more information on this, go to lizzielinkston.com forward slash awaken, and you can find out more about this mastermind. If you are interested in working with us together in this way, please don't hesitate to reach out. We are offering free consultations at this moment, and I hope to see you soon.